ravage love. I don't want a lot for Christmas. It's episode 31. <laughs> it's Naughty Noel. Well. It's Naughty Noel. <laughs> It's not we even well, which longtime listeners will know. Renee hates and Julie loves. I love Christmas as um, a, a festivity. Yeah, yeah, as a concept. Like I like the idea of um, I don't know. You know that Krista Berg song that I love, where it's like the alien comes to like la crèche. Yeah, and like I love that idea. Yeah. Um, like let's I love the idea of ghost stories at Christmas. Like let's bring that back. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I, I like I like um, You love you love Christmas, like Hallmark Christmas movies. You love those the most. Well, I'd love to hate them. Yes. But yeah. So yeah. there is you do find a sprinkling of it. I just I I just love Christmas. I grew up in a family that loves Christmas. Um a two like big People in my life, in my family, have their birthdays over the Christmas holidays. Uh, I have a few friends, actually, as well, who have Christmas birthdays. So it just, yeah, I vibe. And unsurprisingly, even if you don't know anything about romance, there are thousands of Christmas romances that come out every year, in fact. And so there's no shortage of... You know, if you think there's a gajillion Hallmark made-for-TV Christmas movies, you could just imagine how many there are in book form. And so, yeah. never struggle when it comes to finding books for the holiday season. And, in fact, I had... I was like, okay, before I go and peruse the bookstore and really, you know, deep dive onto the Kobo store, let me just see what I have. No, I had, like, seven already. <laughs> that I just had because they were like on sale or like I found them somewhere. And so I'm surprised by how few that is. Oh, that's (laughs) just few seven that I haven't read. (laughs) Right. right, When you include the ones we've read in past seasons, Johnny Buku, my friends, but I love them all. And I can, I will never stop. And I was actually at Costco a week or two ago and they had so many Christmas romance novels there and I took everything I had not to buy them all. I was like, no, I already know I have a bunch of (laughs) (laughs) But every year there's more and I love it so much. So uh, I went through my collection and I found a particular book that I thought, screw it. Let's, Let's do this one for this week knowing that I have three more weeks to be able to pick through them. So do you want to hear what I read this week, Renee? Hit me. I read The Duke Who Hates Christmas Wow. by Bianca Blythe. And it's part of the Holiday Spinsters Collection. So I'm already intrigued. Uh, it's We're getting Regency. We're getting Spinsters. Like, I'm like, okay. Okay, Bianca. And I'll say this right now. I would read something else from Bianca. I would. Okay, all right. This was a perfect read for, like, if you are someone who reads romance because it's, like, brain candy for you, this is the move to make. If you're looking for a Regency Christmas one, this is the vibe. I read this on the train going to a work trip, and it was just easy breezy. Now, was it way too long in my view? Yes. It was about close to 300 pages, did not need to be. It was giving at some moments some like a Martin Scorsese vibe where it was just like, okay, could use some editing, some good material here, but could use some editing. <laughs> but I'll tell you the story about the Duke who hates Christmas. His name is All Caspian right. Arundel, and he is the oh. fourth Duke of Concord. And ever since he's returned to London from France. He is looked on with some pity because he was a big war hero, but then he's been wounded and taken off the front lines. And he's had to now contend with every matchmaker and every, you know, dotting mother or doting mother, however the fuck you say that. Is it doting or dotting? 
Doting? Dutting. Dutting. Mother Dutting. who's like, look at my beautiful daughter. You should marry her because he's handsome and he's a war hero. But he's grumpy. He wants to be put back on the front lines. He wants to just go back there and serve his people. And he is not interested in settling down in any way, shape, or form. But he keeps getting dragged to all these balls where women are like, ooh. But there's a group of women who come to these balls because they just like to have a good time. Not because they're necessarily looking for a man. And they are... The Spinster Society. Yes, they are our people. They are the (laughs) Spinster Society. And Miranda West is one of them. She has absolutely no interest in courting a man. Both of her parents died in a accident, a carriage accident, uh, because vehicles have been killing people since they were in carriages. (laughs) (laughs) And she lives with her aunt and uncle who are stuffy and snobby and not a great deal of fun and really try to tell her what to do all the time. But also have just sort of accepted that, like, this bitch ain't going to get married. She's not going to amount to much. So they just kind of put up with her. And then there's some really great commentary and great sort of discussion about the Spencer Society and these women who are, like, in their early 20s and are seen as too old to ever get married and that, that they've been picked over and some of them are like totally fine with it because they have zero desire to live as a mother and a wife but others are like pretending to put on a brave face but are very clearly a bit sad and thirsty as fuck because they're like well at least if i was married i could get dick down and now i'm just like watching these beautiful men who are not interested in me so she goes to um so she, uh, Miranda's going to this ball and she sees all these people going wackadoodle for this man and she's like, what the fuck is this guy's story? And then they're like, oh my god, yeah, he's a war hero. And, da, 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 da. Um, and then her friends are like, let's just go like flirt. Let's just like go and see. So they go and she's like, okay, whatever. And this guy, Leo, who is Caspian's cousin, approaches her and he's very good looking very charming like a total player fuck boy energy from the jump and he says i'm gonna marry you and she's like what the fuck are you talking about no you're not i just met you and he's like i'm telling you i'm gonna marry you now caspian is rolling his eyes at this whole thing and just sort of being like this whole song and dance is just not for me so caspian decides okay it's time i'm gonna go meet up with this big deal person in politics and the military da, 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 and i'm gonna tell him hey i've recovered from my injury i'm good to get back on the front lines let's do it and instead the guy's like oh you're recovered great awesome we actually want to send you to northumberland to guard the coast in case the french try to come and attack Uh, There's like a castle there that we'll give you for your men and we'll assign you a militia. Basically, just like you're so smart and you're just like such a good leader to go and train this militia. And he is boner crushed. He does not want to go to this fucking useless castle in the middle of nowhere where like the French are not likely to show up. I want to go be useful on the front lines. Meanwhile, Miranda goes home from her party and she's like, what the fuck is this? I'm going to marry you bullshit. Like, what is this guy on about? Like, that was, that was weird. That was a weird moment. Well, um, next day her aunt is like, okay, put on your prettiest dress. And she's like, why? And she's like, oh, you're getting married. She's like, what? Excuse me. And she's like, um, yeah, you're going to get married to Leo. And she's like, I don't want to marry Leo. And they're like, we don't give a flying fuck. That's what you're going to do. And so she goes to the chapel and she's gonna get married. And instead fucking goes full Julia Roberts, climbs out the window and fucking runaway brides that shit. And actually, well, there was no way for her to call the rest of the spinter, spinster society, Carrie, Samantha, and the other one. <laughs> exactly. So what happens, <laughs> I love how you combine sex in the city with, um, runaway bride that was well done <laughs> top shelf mm-hmm. um she's going to jump out the window and caspian is strolling up to the chapel because he was running late to come to his cousin's wedding and then he sees this woman climbing out the window and he's like excuse me um can i help you and she's like yeah i'm gonna jump so if you want to catch me feel free but like otherwise get the fuck out of my way and then he helps her and they lock eyes and it's obviously there's some steam there's some chemistry she bolts and just starts booking it and he's like 
this is really strange. And then goes up into church and realizes, holy fuck, that was the bride. That was the bride. And she was running away. <laughs> so she runs home and she has no idea what her plan is. And then says, oh, I had talked to my friends at this at the ball, our Spencer Society. And I uh-huh. what's that? <laughs> that, that? That was the Sex in the City group. Oh, <laughs> cosmos <laughs> i have to call carrie right now samantha could get me out of this i don't know the the jewish convert brunette one i, I don't care. charlotte charlotte charlotte, charlotte. Eh, just made us so she was like at this ball her and the spinsters had decided that they were going to go up to miranda's great aunt's um castle and celebrate Christmas together because they're like, I live with my dodgy fucking aunt and uncle. They're no fun. I want to have like a fun Christmas time. Let's just have a girls weekend basically at this at my great aunt's castle. So Miranda's in Dubai. What's that? <laughs> in Dubai. In Dubai. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so she runs home to pack up her shit, and then the maid catches her and she's like, um, okay, uh, you want to come with me? And she's like, yeah, where you want to go? And she's like, well, I want to go see my aunt's castle. And she's like, you know, that's your castle, right? And she's like, excuse me? I was told that I know. And she's like, oh yeah, your aunt and uncle acted like you got nothing in the will when your dad died. (gasps) But in fact, you got everything, including this castle. Your great aunt has not been in this castle for months. It's been sitting there vacant. So we can absolutely go there. So they're like, oh my god, okay, find the deed for the castle to prove that it's mine. Pack up some shit. Let's get the fuck out of here. And as they go to leave, fucking Carrie and Samantha and Charlotte roll up in a carriage and they're like, yes. hey, we heard you were getting married and you didn't invite us. And she was like, no time. Do you want to come with me? And they're like, fuck it. Let's get out of Dodge. So they get in the carriage and they head out and I'm just like loving this like Regency era road trip movie. All of a sudden it's crossroads with Britney Spears. We're going on a road trip. Yes. They stop it in an inn at one point and then she runs into Caspian. She sees him there with all of these men and freaks out and it's like, we got to go. We got to go. We got to go. And they're like, why? And she's like, can't explain. Just go. You can't stay at this inn. So now he's like, this bitch ran away on my cousin and now I'm finding her at this inn in the middle of nowhere. Like, what the fuck is her deal? So she gets to the castle. It's very clear that it's been abandoned. So there's a lot of work to do. I pictured the castle from the Casper movie (laughs) where they (laughs) show up and it's just like cobwebs. And it's like, it was clearly ostentatious at one point, but it needs a lot of work. But these like spinster women decide like, we're going to do this together. They also stop at one point in town in London before they do the last end of their trip. And they show up to like basically a temp agency and they're like, we need a maid. And they're like, oh, we could have you on and like, like, no, we need a maid today. And then the secretary is like, I'll leave with you. And so they grab this maid. <laughs> so they have like two maids, the spinsters. They're going to go and they're going to just hide out at this castle. They're going to have a great Christmas. Her friends are all going to leave. And then she's like, then I'll figure out what my next move is. Well, aren't they in the middle of cleaning up this castle, making it all nice and homey when all of a sudden... Caspian barges in with his militia and they're shocked to see them and vice versa. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing here? And she's like, uh, this is my castle. What are you doing here? And he was like, uh, it was given to me by the government to be able to house my militia so that we could protect the border. And she's like, well, I have the deed to this place. So go fuck yourself. And then he is like, well, you know, I can't have my people fraternizing with your people. So I guess we have to figure out something out until I can kick you out of your own castle. And I'm like, that's Barbie's dream house. It is not a Moto Dojo Casa house. You're just Ken Caspian. (laughs) Exactly. So they go to find this cottage, but it's too small. There's not enough room for the militia. And so then they finally negotiate. Okay, you can have one tower of this castle for your men, but don't even fucking come near us whatsoever. You can guard your border that no one cares about and train your militia just leave us the fuck alone well obviously they don't 
she thinks she sees something on the on the shore one night so she runs out to go and investigate and then he comes out and investigates and is like we can't be caught out here just the two of us you're in your nightgown and she's like well what the fuck do i care he's like people are gonna spread rumors about you she's like i'm a spencer and a runaway bride like what the fuck do i care about my reputation And he was like well in that case and then starts making out with her and then she's like, what the fuck? I'm into this and I shouldn't be. So she runs back to the castle. The next morning, he sends a letter to her to say, I regret my decision. I'm so sorry. I apologize. Let us never cross paths again. Meanwhile, uh, cry, baby. yeah, right. And then meanwhile, the women are getting the house all ready for Christmas. They're all having a time. And they are teaching the men from the militia some Christmas songs and how to make Christmas decor. And so there's like a little beautiful little melding of worlds. And he can't stay away from her. The sexual chemistry is too fire. So obviously they start banging. They're trying to keep it secret from everyone. But she just keeps showing up with like really like I just got railed hair. And her friends are like, girl, you're fucking uh-huh. the Duke. Just be real. You're fucking the Duke. And then they're met with a carriage that starts coming up the street and they're in the middle of fucking nowhere so like the fuck is this it's her aunt and uncle no who found out where she was and they tell her she needs to come back and she's like uh no i don't i run this joint and then her aunt pulls out a gun (laughs) and what year is this it's regency but apparently there's pistols so she pulls out a pistol and she's like oh my god you know what one of the maids they got was also probably an 80s robot from like a montage so the aunt and uncle like basically kidnap her get her to come back take her back to london and tell her okay here's leo you have to marry him and she's like oh fuck leo i did not mean to run out on you but also like i don't love you and he's like i don't love you either but we can still be nice to each other and she's like i guess meanwhile caspian goes to wander off into the castle and is like, where's Miranda? And they're like, mm, she left with her aunt and uncle. <laughs> and he's like, how could she do that to me? So he runs back, back to London. He crashes their wedding, declares his undying love for her. They end up getting married. The aunt and uncle are like, oh, shucks. They're mad, but she's still married. And now she's married to a duke. And then the epilogue is that he has a surprise Christmas time actual wedding for her where he invites all of her spinster friends to come out and she gets to wear a nice dress. And then he's like, because of you, I now love the holiday season and the end. Oh, he's like, Melinda. (laughs) Exactly. So that was The Duke Who Hates Christmas by Bianca Blythe. I will tell you in my reenactment why it is that he dislikes Christmas. It's it's very similar to how um, my Thanksgiving book just like inserted random Thanksgiving references when they weren't really relevant. So it's kind of like <laughs> the title of this book makes it seem like it's a big pivotal part for us to understand why he hates Christmas. It's not. Um, it was... I mean, there is fucking, but it's a cut to black situation, so you don't actually see anything, or, and by see, I mean (laughs) hear of anything, (laughs) but there is technically fucking, so I gotta give it something on the spice scale. I'm gonna give it three out of five Yule Logs. There's a whole subplot about Yule Logs that then required me to Google it, because I'm like, isn't that just, like, in Biche de Noël that you eat, but apparently it's actually like a piece of wood that you would put candles in and put on your table. Sure. Yeah, it's super, it's super pagan. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. I truly just thought it was a Biche de Noël that you eat. Like, I just thought it was like a Christmas dessert. So I was very confused, but like, we're going to go steal the Yule log. And I'm like, the baking? It was very odd. But, <laughs> um, and yeah, I can't even think of an accoutrement, to be honest, because, uh, like i have no idea what their fucking was like so couldn't tell you what would help spice it up but but yeah if you're looking for um a regency christmas romance and you don't want smut then this is yours and in terms of the writing it wasn't terrible so i would absolutely read something from her again especially uh something from the spinster series because i do kind of love the idea of having an entire 
uh, you know, just like a whole series on spinsters back in the day because they existed and they weren't pity- like they weren't pathetic, like they're often framed, but rather oftentimes like the most independent women <laughs> in town, you know, <laughs> not to mention gay as fuck. And that was probably my That's biggest not- criticism of this book is I was like hoping that one of the spinsters would be like, she doesn't want a man because she wants a lady, but there was none of that. Well, I mean, the accoutrement for this could be that Miranda finds herself in like 10 years and then leaves Caspian and goes to live with one of the spinsters that they fall Ooh, that's that's how I would write the sequel to this book for sure. Good call, buddy. 100%. Thanks. So, yeah, I feel like pretty strong start for uh, a Rocktober. I'm not. I'm not. Oh, a Rocktober. Oh, sorry, Rocktober. Did I say a Rocktober? <laughs> you did, and I wish it was. Baby. No, uh, Naughty Noel is what I meant. A pretty solid start to Naughty Noel. But how about you? Was it a solid start? What'd you find? I'm dying so I, to know. <laughs> I read a few different books because uh, I wanted something short and weird. Um, but I did end up settling on the one that I'd had in the bank for a few years that, that I mentioned that like. I had found it right before, like like during Naughty Noel one year, and then um, it wasn't coming out till after Christmas, so I just saved it. Um, so this was written by Robert Winter, um, and there's another Robert Winter, but it's not that Robert Winter. Okay. This is a, yeah. So Robert Winter is what he calls a recovering lawyer um, who prefers writing about hot men in love much more than drafting a legal brief. Um, so he left behind the allegedly glamorous world of an international law firm to sit in his home office and dream up ways to torment his characters until they realize they are perfect for each other. Okay, cool. I read Vampire Claws. (laughs) (laughs) It's part one of the Holiday Sucks trilogy. The third book is not out yet. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. So picture it. Boston. <laughs> I don't know why it's so funny. It's just so funny. He's in Boston. Okay. Boston. So, Boston. So Taviano is an Italian vampire who never stays in the same place twice. So every night he, he moves on. He's been transient for like a hundred years or more. Uh, but tonight is Christmas Eve. And he, as most good Italian boys in the 1800s he was Catholic and he just wants to listen to Midnight Mass his favorite uh, Catholic celebration so he's um, sitting on top of a church in Boston's little Italy just trying to feel close to his roots and he just wants to listen to the Mass he can't go inside he's a vampire right Mm -hmm. Um, and vampires have very strict rules right so like they can't uh, go into another vampire's territory they can't go inside a church they can't go in someone's home without being invited they can't be in the sun no silver etc typical vampire rules but he just really wants to listen to um this mass so um it brings up a lot of memories for him he loves christmas or he did at least before he got turned into a vampire um and it's reminding him of his first and only lover uh from his time in italy um and it's just making him like really sad because back then like you couldn't be openly gay and um like he knew that they would have to marry and move on but he was enjoying it until his father caught them together beat the living shit out of him um and then his friend went on to get married and he ended up becoming a vampire so um in this universe vampires have demons put inside of them and those demons are what, like, control their uh, bloodlust, basically. And so what uh, what uh, Taviano has done is he only eats, like, drinks from, like, the most wretched, degenerate, like, thieves, rapists, murderers, those types of folks. Because it kind of gives him a code. And... Um, he tries to put it off as long as possible. And he also tries really hard not to kill them. So he has, instead of blood, he has this thing called ichor. Um, it's like this clear substance and it can heal them up. So he will drink them nearly dry, close up the like puncture wounds on their necks and then force them to forget everything. And they're only left with um, 
I guess like nightmares or whatever. So he's sitting on top of this church and this lady vampire comes over and is like, get the fuck out of our turf. And he's like, I just want to, I just want to listen to mass. I'm, I'll be out of here before the morning. She's like, no, get out of here now. But he's way older and way stronger than this lady vampire. So he kicks her ass and he's like, I'll be out of here by morning. And she's like, midnight at latest. And he's like, okay, cool. Fine. So after she goes away, he looks down and he sees like this young man, um, also in like his twenties or whatever. Um, who's like struggling down the street with a bunch of bags full of what look like presents. And he's just like, Oh, look at this guy. Like this guy just like loves Christmas. He's so nice. So he's kind of watching him when he notices three goons, like kind of coming up behind him and he's watching them kind of circling him. And he's like, Oh, this kid's going to get like fucking jacked for his stuff. Um, so as that happens, um, he sees one of the goons circle in front of him and then he like goes to stab him with a knife, but it ends up like cutting him. Um, and then um, he ends up uh, like uh, Javiano ends up jumping down and then beating the shit out of these guys and drinking from them. And then um, he meets this guy. The guy's like, my name is Paul. And he's like, hey, he's like, you got cut up pretty bad. And they just start shooting the shit. And he's like, hey, what did, what did you do to them? He's like, oh, nothing. And then he's like, I know what you are. And he's like, basically like, say it. He's like, oh, you're a ninja. And he's like, yep, yeah, I'm a ninja. You caught me. He's like, oh, an Italian ninja. Who'd have thought? He's like, yep. So he's like, what are you doing with all these, these presents? He's like, oh, I work at an LGBTQ plus kids shelter. And I wanted to bring them presents because they're not going to get a lot. So I was just going to deliver these gifts. And he's like, well, you're cut up pretty bad. So let's, uh, can I help you deal with that? And he's just really like overwhelmed by Paul's like Christmas spirit and like his good positive energy and stuff. And um, doesn't really understand the way he talks because uh, Taviano hasn't really talked to people ever. And so this guy's like holy shit dude you just fucking roughed up those goons like that kind of stuff and he's like yes i did you know like he doesn't really understand him um so he's like hey maybe i can can i fix that for you like your boo-boo and he's like okay and so he sees he uses his icker to like heal up his his boo-boo and he's like oh that's great he's like well look i gotta get home and change before i can i can deliver these gifts and he's like, do you want to come with me? And he's like, okay. Because they're just fucking horny for each other. They're gay guys. And they want to have a hookup. It, it happens, Julie. Uh-huh. So they go back to Paul's place. He lives in this teeny tiny little apartment. And they end up like um, chatting for a long time because they're into each other. And he's like, let's not make this a hookup. Let's like make it count. So they're getting to know each other. And Paul learns really early on that he's a vampire and he's like, well, it's not going to matter because I'm going to erase your memory and so you won't remember it tomorrow. And he's like, that's cool. Cool, cool, cool. And um, then he's like, they're, they're about to get it on and everything. And he's like, oh, shit, I forgot to, to bring the gifts over. Fuck. And so they they use um, Taviano's vampire power to like book it through the night like a spider monkey. Um <laughs> And so they're like bouncing all over the roofs and stuff and they make it to the shelter. Well, the shelter's fucking closed for the night. It's locked. So Paul is devastated because he's like, these kids could have woken up to gifts under the tree from like Santa and now they're not going to. So Taviano's like, I got this. So he takes the presents and he bounces up into the air under the roof and then he busts open a door and he goes in and he puts all the gifts under the tree. And then he leaves a note saying like, sorry my belly was too big i had to break the door here's some money to cover it merry christmas santa and so then he's like well you know what my beast isn't actually like he doesn't want to eat paul and he seems pretty like satisfied with you know who we ate earlier so i'm gonna use a little bit more magic so what he does is he uses his magic to create like almost like a like a cloak around himself with dust and lint from the red sweater he's wearing to make himself look like Santa Claus. And then he, just in case somebody wakes up, right? And he's like really into it. So he's like creeping through the house. And then he um, like decides when he's, when he's leaving to yell out like, ho, ho, ho. And he's 
just loving it. And then he makes like little reindeer clippy cloppy sounds just in case like a younger one wakes up and hears it. And I'm like living for this like magic energy. I'm here for this, you know. Um, so he jumps down and then Paul's like, oh, my God, that was great. I love it. Yay. So they go back to Paul's place and then they bang it out. And um, while they're fucking, we learn that Taviano doesn't have uh, semen. He has ichor that still comes out of him. And because it's magical, it like, um, because he, he comes so much in uh, in Paul that um, Paul gets some vampire powers without being a vampire. Ooh. Yeah, just because he's so full of cum. <laughs> Like he's just he's so full because Taviano hasn't hasn't come in like like two hundred years. <laughs> um, want to build up? So, yeah, and it's important. It's important to mention that because it it comes back into play. <laughs> it comes. Okay. Um, so. <laughs> Um, so they fucked and it was great and they're really happy. And then Paul's like, Hey, don't go. And he's like, I gotta go. Like, it's not safe for you. Like I really do need to go. And then he, they hear like this, like tapping sound at the window. Um, but Taviano's really like taken by the scrapbook that Paul gave him. So I'll come back to the tapping, but basically they're sharing stories about their lives and, um, uh, Taviano mentions like the name of the boy that he was banging back in Italy. And he's like, that's a really unusual name. And Taviano's like, yeah, it was unusual for the time too. Well, it turns out that that man who was his former lover was Paul's mother's grandfather. Oh, so like he's like the descendant of the one man that Taviano banged. Yeah, I get this. That fucking clown, back from the Italy in the 1800s, never sucked Taviano's dick. You know who did, though? His great-great-grandchild. So, you know, it's true love is what it is. What it is. Make up for lost time. So, <laughs> the tapping at the window, it turns out it's that lady vampire from earlier who's like, you fucked up, bud. And she pulls Paul out the window and onto the roof. And he's like, I'm sorry, I was just leaving. And she's like, you snooze, you lose, buddy. And she slits Paul's throat. <gasps> And throws him off the roof. And he's like, oh no. And then there's two other vampires. And they all like attack Taviano. And he's not strong enough to fend them all off. You know who is though? His fucking demon. His demon's like, look. Let me take over. And I'll save you. And he's like, no, there's no point. Like I'll die with Paul. It'll be great. He's like, wait, look over at Paul. Well, Paul was so full of cum. That he was healing from the inside out. <laughs> so he's not going to die today. So Taviano's like, you got it, bud. You got it, demon. Go for it. So the demon takes over, eviscerates these these uh, vampires. And then is also like, stay on the north side. It's mine now. And he's like, holy shit. And so all the vampires scatter. And then now Taviano is in charge of the north side of Boston. And he doesn't have to move. So he could stay with Paul. It's a Christmas miracle beautiful it's so beautiful and then we learned that the demon actually uh had this whole plan worked out where he brought taviano to where paul was because he knew paul was a descendant of this ex-boyfriend um and he was like hey taviano you know what you were useless to me because you were so depressed so i brought you home i brought you to family i brought you to this guy so my plans are in the works but for now i'm not gonna hurt this guy like don't worry like he's safe you're happy. I'm happy. I like I like being inside of you while you fuck him. So we're, we're good. We're golden. He's like, okay. And that's why there's two more books because Ooh. more stuff's going to happen. We got to learn this demon's plan. Uh, but the next one is Fangsgiving. Get it? Um, yeah. So um, we both like there's this whole like a uh, kind of understory about how um, they were both like abandoned by their families because they're gay and then abandoned by friends and stuff. So they're building, you know, their new family, their chosen family, all this stuff. And um, I love it. That's a lot of fun. So it was good. It was a fun little story. Um, it was really, I thought it was kind of like really like PG. Like it was really kind of like, it wasn't fun. Like it was like, yeah, okay. A vampire whoop-de-doo. Like nothing was really happening. Um, and then they, he, he, 
he came a ton of ichor and i was like that's a lot of cum <laughs> like there's so much cum and he just kept coming and paul was like fill me with your vampire sperm daddy and he's like you got it and he went on forever like he just would it just so descriptive um and i was like wow that was really beautiful but i was like there's still like 30 pages left like, what could possibly happen vampire battle and it was the vampire battle was a brutal and like he ripped heads off and stuff. And I was like, okay, you know what? I trust a man, <laughs> trust a man to like get, get a good fight scene in there. Yeah. Right. Um, so I liked that. Um, it had a happily ever after also because, uh, because Taviano became the new, like Lord of the North end of Boston. Um, he inherited the former lair of this other, the vampire lady he killed, and it was full of money. So he's going to give all the money away to charity. So I was like, yay. And uh, we Paul love, was happy too. We love a benevolent spirit. We really do. Um, so I liked it. Oh, 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 also, Paul was like, okay, you got all these rules, and but you were sitting on top of the church, and like you didn't burst into flame. How do you know you can't go into church? Well, all that Taviano ever wanted was to be back at church because that's where his heart was. And so Paul convinces him to go into church and he does. And he gets to sit on like Mesta Minuit or whatever it is in Boston. And um, he loved it. It was like his Christmas miracle. So they all just had these Christmas miracles and I liked it. It was nice. I love Mesta Minuit. I wouldn't go. Like it, it's a lot of pressure, but that was my favorite mass too. So I mean, Midnight Mass was only fun because you felt like you were doing something wrong because you were up so late. But that's not true. The only reason it was fun was because it had that angel statue where you put the money in her hand and she fucking bowed her head at you. That was why. Whoa! I didn't know that. Only, oh, it was like ancient. It's like 1950s angel statue. And you put the money in her hand and she took it and then she like bowed. Like her head bowed, it's like it was like it was like a bobblehead. Oh damn! Yeah, it was rad as hell, and I was just like bringing all my change every year. I was like, yeah, take it, bitch, give me miracles. Um, and that was the best part because they only brought it out for Mess and Me and like no other time. Wowzers! I did not. Yeah, know. Uh, you know that bitch is haunted. Uh, Hondo so. P. What uh, what you gonna read for us, buddy? Um, I'm just. That's a great question. I put it away because i was you know reading um i'm just gonna read when he becomes santa claus love it because it was kind of silly uh i'm gonna i'm gonna skip a bunch and i can't really do a boston accent so you're just gonna get what you're gonna get <laughs> I, I mean we all know i can't either but <laughs> <laughs> um i nobody knows that i think you could do a great one it would just sound like some german boy get but. your car keys let's go get in the car we're going to the bar get your car keys that's as good as i could get it and it's a little <laughs> holy bit holy shit taviano <laughs> you really beat the asses tonight yeah i don't know <laughs> okay <laughs> uh we're okay okay mm, here we go the last thing he did was locate a piece of paper and a pen to scribble a note the chimney was too small for my belly. I'm sorry about the door to the roof, but this should cover the repairs. Love, Santa Claus. He left the note with some folded money he had in his pocket before slipping up the stairs again. On the second floor, where the residents slumbered or tossed in their beds, Taviano paused. He grinned as he imagined what Paul would do were he here. Should I? He tested the demon's attitude and found it hungry but not starving. It seemed amenable. Carefully, he summoned a morsel of its magic. Uh, with it, he wove a little glamour until the dust motes whipped and swirled around. Red lint from Paul's sweatshirt joined the small tornado he shaped with his mind until it was wider around the middle. If residents came out of their rooms right then, they would see a blurred red man-shaped figure with a big belly. <laughs> uh, he let out a hearty ho-ho-ho and waited in the middle of his swirling mass, poised to run. Some of the braver souls tumbled out of their rooms to check on the commotion. He wanted a split second for them to notice his glinting red shape. At the first sharp gasp, he rushed away at vampire speed. Down the hall and up the stairs to the roof, he pulled the mass of twinkling air with him. Finally, he ran back and forth in a line over the shingles, striking his feet several, uh, heavily several times. Uh, every window in the townhouse came on. 
He, uh, he took them far enough to stay in the windows uh, and set Paul on his feet. With a finger to Paul's lips, he listened to the ruckus from outside. Don't see anyone, nothing missing. Anyone hurt or see who it was? Charlie, look, presents. Where did all this shit come from? Uh, this has my name on it. He smiled and pulled uh, Paul to him for a passionate kiss before explaining what he'd done. They're finding your gifts now? Paul hugged him back blissfully. Oh man, I'm going to kiss you so hard. <laughs> you actually gave them Santa Claus. Taviano flushed slightly at the reaction, yet he was grateful to have resorted Paul, uh, restored Paul's happiness. Something unexpected occurred to him. He never before used his abilities to help someone, to bring a little joy as he had with his Santa tricks. The warmth of that idea uh, produced in some ways rivaled that which he'd felt when Paul was in his arms back in the apartment. Every use of power that he recalled had been for the demon's own hungers. Pride gave away to chagrin as he admitted, I probably scared a lot of them too. I hope they'll understand I did no real harm. Fuck them if they can't take a joke, Paul waved away the concern. What was that noise at the end before you jumped back down? Taviano looked at the ground and scuffed it with his toe. Well, I wanted to make a sound that might to a city child resemble a reindeer. At that, Paul doubled over with his laughter. What a trip! The prancing and pawing of each little hoof and the red swirly stuff. He could hardly breathe. When you jumped, you should have yelled, Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. I would have, but a man with a baseball bat was on his way. I didn't think he'd see the humor. And then they go back to his house and they fuck! <laughs> At the end, he's like, I'm not going to take a moment of Santa away from the kids. Best Christmas ever. And I'm like, huh? Oh. They just love Christmas in Boston. I mean, they, they're hella Catholic there. That's where they broke the fucking story for uh, Catholic abuse in North America. They're wow, hella Julie. Catholic in Boston. Way to fucking ruin the holiday, bud. I'm just saying they love a Christmas. <laughs> we, we get it. <laughs> Priests love little boys. God. It's not really in keeping with the Naughty Noel spirit. No, I'm sorry. I took a dark turn. I didn't intend it to, and I apologize. It's all right. T Christmas is the time of forgiving. It really is. Well. What are you going to read? I'm going to read you just a little section. Uh, I'm going to skip some parts to explain to you. So, to me, if you're putting The Duke Who Hates Christmas as the title, then there's going to be a big, you know plot twist or their big reveal or something but this is this was the dud that was this moment but <laughs> i think it just really was they want she wanted to put duke in the name because she knows regency novels sell well and the duke hates christmas you know it's it's got a ring to it right totally <clears throat> so they kissed and even though it was cold so this is like She's still at the castle. He's at the castle. They're banging in secret. Um, and, you know. So they kissed. And even though it was cold outside, and even though he was far from where he'd planned on being when he joined the army, everything in his life was as it should be. You should join us for Christmas, Miranda said. Miranda! Oh my god, I can't stop saying it in that fucking voice now. <laughs> Miranda! Oh, Miranda! Uh, listeners, if you don't know who we're talking about, there is a TikToker who does an incredible impression of Steve, Miranda's husband from Sex and the City, because he does have, like, a thick New York accent, and he's just, like, a working class dude. Anyways, fucking Steve. <laughs> Miranda. <laughs> you should join us for Christmas, Miranda said. Christmas? The militia would love it. We thought they could join us for a meal. Caspian shifted his body away from her. Oh, Wait, this, I'm not ending there. My Kobos was okay. You truly despise Christmas, she murmured. He stiffened. Yes. Why? They adored Christmas, Caspian said, despising that his voice shook. They loved it. He waited for her to make a joke about his need to rebel, even when they weren't around to see him. She didn't, though. His heart ached, but he found he didn't want to make an excuse and not tell her anything. When my father died, he halted abruptly, and she placed her hand over his. A surge of heat coursed through him. He was coming home for Christmas, he said. Christmas is the only holiday that could compel them to travel at the worst time of year. My older brother and my father were traveling from London, but there was a dreadful blizzard. At any other time of the year, they would have simply stayed at an inn. They would have arrived in the morning or even a few days later, and it would have been fine. 
Why didn't they? Because it was Christmas, their favorite time of year. They wanted to be home. But they never made it, Marilla said softly. Understanding emanated through her eyes. Why did they have to be so appealing? People never lauded hazel eyes. They were supposed to be dull and ordinary. Poets devoted treaties to the wonders of blue eyes, comparing them favorably to sea and sky, but her eyes, well, they were the very best. They were the earth, sometimes green, sometimes not. Caspian nodded gravely. Unfortunately not. She placed a hand on his. I'm so sorry. Heat coursed through him, and he stared at her hand, turning it over, musing over the beauty of her long, slender fingers. He should release her fingers, but he couldn't. My mother hosts a Christmas ball every year, Caspian said. It's the largest one in this part of England. So she doesn't blame Christmas. He gave a wry smile. She likes having a busy house. It's harder to relive dreadful memories when one is occupied conferring over the menu with one's housekeeper, telling the maids where to put Christmas decorations, and making small talk with guests while others are leaping to music. I suppose that would have its benefits. She kissed him, and he smiled as he held her in his arms. Contentment washed over him. Miranda West, where are you? <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> then, then Miranda, when... get your stupid caca eyes off of Caspian. <laughs> get your poo-poo eyeballs away from that beautiful man. <laughs> your doo-doo eyes. <laughs> Miranda, look at the ground. Lower your eyes, girl. Cast your eyes away from me, you doo-doo face. <laughs> Um, yeah. So if you want, like, a real bodice ripper without any of the fucking bodice ripping, well, Bianca Blythe has written over 20 Regency set historical romances. Yeah. She's also written historical mysteries under the name Camilla Blythe. So, just saying. Uh, And also, fun fact related to what you were just mentioning, she is from Texas, but she did her graduate degree in her beloved Bastin. Bastin. <laughs> and then she... They're doing a lot over there. <laughs> and then she lived in England where she worked in a castle and therefore got herself interested in um, in Regency lifestyles. So... Love it. Yeah. That was uh, okay. episode one of Naughty Noel. Off to a pretty yeah. strong start. Do y'all, do y'all like cum? There's going to be a lot of it this season. <laughs> Apparently. I'm so proud of you because you don't like fellatio. You're not into cum. And look at you. Look at you. You know what? It's different. It's different when it's like gay men. Mm. I don't mind. I don't. They, they appreciate it so much more than a woman who's like, mm, yum, yum, yum. I want your hot load. It's like, no, you don't. Yeah. Girl, no, you don't. Who are I know you, you don't. You're a kidding. liar. You're a liar. Yeah, no, 100%. You're, it's a means to an end. But for gay dudes, they know what's good. And in this, this is the first time I read it where, they, like, they were say, straight up, like, sucking each other's balls. And I was like, good for you. <laughs> doing the most. Doing the work. Y'all really love each other. You're meant to be. And you know what? I know because I read the description of the book that they were faded mates, but nowhere in here did this say faded mates. And I think that's the difference between gay male writers <laughs> that and feet and women writing situations. Like in all the books I've read with all of like these great, incredible female writers that they love to be like faded mates, faded mates, faded mates. Not once, not once. I only know because of the description in like in the book not even on the back of the book so <laughs> you know what points to this lawyer because the writing was strong you know it would be and i love that he left being a lawyer <laughs> to write gay romance what a, I here lo- for it oh yeah love someone who's following their dreams big yeah, fan truly follow your mm-hmm. follow your dreams kids that's our takeaway this week here on ravage love all your dreams not in a while baby we're back well, thank you for enduring it. I know you hate it so, so much, which is why I even had a Freudian slip of saying it October. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for, thank you for that gift. You're welcome. And thank you everyone for listening to us. This is our 101 episode. So exciting. We have crossed the threshold of 100 episodes. 
and y'all are still wanting more, so we're just gonna keep on giving it to you. Give you what you want. Give the people what they want. Yeah. If any, look, folks listening, I want a Grinch romance, and I found one. And so when you Google Grinch romance, you're going to get like the Scrooges and like the, the the white dudes who hate Christmas. I don't want that. There is one single Grinch one that I could find. I don't want that one either. I want something better than whatever that was. So y'all are going to say, I'll find one for Renee. And you're going to Google it. And you're going to find the one with a Grinch on the cover. I don't want that one. <laughs> I want a better one. So listeners, if you know of one, if you want to write one, if you want to give me a Grinch, I want a gross, crispy Grinch. For this Nani Noel. So if you have one or you write one, I will read it on the show. Um, so please slide into our DMs. That's your homework, friends. Make yeah. Renee's dreams come true. She's made your dreams come true. She's read all the fucked up shit you put in our DMs and recommended that she read. So I sure do. Bonus points if it's in rhyme. Ooh, little Dr. If, Seuss if somebody, If somebody writes me a Grinch erotica in rhyme, <laughs> I will send you a gift card <laughs> for Kindle or Kobo. <laughs> One or the other. You pick. But I will I will pay you <laughs> money <laughs> for this story. I don't have the wherewithal to write it. So that's I'm putting that out there into the universe because that's all I want for Christmas. Make it happen, y'all. Make it happen. <laughs> Still time. But l- listen, if it's bad... We're going to say so. You know, No, I'm not going to say no. It, it, it's too much of a... I, I couldn't possibly. I couldn't. You I'm not, couldn't. I'm not a Samantha, truly. I wish. Please. I'm the Steve in this equation. <laughs> I really am. I can't. Oh, I can't. Okay. I love you, Julia. I'm glad it's December. I'm glad I'm sharing it with you. Thank you. Do you want to do your thing? I love you too, Renee. Thank you for indulging my love of Christmas. And I will sing you out. Ravage love, ravage love. Bye. Bye. Artwork for the show is created by Kevin McKnight. Very special thanks to Josh Shenfield for production assistance. You can find Josh on Instagram at Fushigiyami. That's F-U-S-H-I-G-I-Y-A-M-I on Instagram. Connect with us at Ravage Love on Instagram and Twitter or by email at ravagelove.podcast at gmail.com.